Brother Kenny's going to come and share a portion of the word, I think, from the book of Acts. Is that still what you're going to do? And, and so, Brother, you come. I wonder if, well, first let me say I'm thankful for a pastor who not only loves and teaches the word of God, but who follows the Holy Spirit. So I'm thankful for Brother Randy. Um, I wonder how many of you woke up this morning and you thought, I hope somebody brings some word today about Antioch. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Okay. All right. Um, Antioch of Syria. Difference between that and Antioch of Pisidia, which was on up above Antioch of Syria. Antioch of Pisidia is where Paul had some persecution. But Antioch of Syria is a real special place. We first hear of it, we only hear of it actually in the book of Acts and in one mention of it in the book of Galatians. But mainly in the book of Acts, and we first hear of it of, of a man named Nicholas, who in uh, chapter 6, it says, he was one of the seven. I don't know quite what to call these men. I, I've come up with the term apostolites because they weren't deacons and elders yet, uh, but they were very powerful men of God who served and helped the apostles. And uh, Nicholas was from Antioch. So there had been some work of the gospel going on there, obviously. Um, he came and was one of the seven. That's the first mention of Antioch. I wanted to read Acts 11, uh, verses 20 through 30. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, or the Greeks, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. What does that mean? The hand of the Lord. What's that indicate? Power. The power of the Holy Spirit was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the church, unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem and unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Holy Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Okay, so get this picture here. First off, I love this. You have some unnamed brothers. They're unnamed. Don't you love that? There's men of God, full of the Holy Ghost. They go down, well, they go to Antioch. Antioch's 300 miles from Jerusalem, straight up the Mediterranean coastline there, 300 miles. 
these unnamed brothers full of God, they went to Jerusalem. They preached the gospel. Many were saved. It created such news over time that the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to check it out. Go to Antioch, check this thing out. Barnabas goes, and he is blessed, and he stays and, and shares and ministers the word of God there. Then Barnabas said, i, I got to go find Paul. He goes to find Paul in Tarsus, brings him back to Antioch, right, where things are happening. More were saved. They stayed there a whole year ministering the word of God. They were having church. Yeah, they were being the church. Absolutely. Other prophets came to Antioch from Jerusalem. The believers at Antioch, here, here you go, they took up a collection to help their needy brothers in Jerusalem. They didn't know these men, most likely. They didn't know the brothers there 300 miles away. But they loved them. They loved the Lord. And so they were compelled out of, the, out of how God had blessed them. Now, Antioch, Antioch's a busy place. At one point, it had a half a million people living there. And it's quite possible that, that God had given some of the brothers their means to be able to help others. And so that's what they did. It was in their heart to help the brothers. And it was enough. How much was it? I don't know. But it was enough that they sent it by uh, Paul and Barnabas, and they gave it to the elders at the church who took care of it. So we're, we're talking about some substantial assistance here, I think. So you see here that... Uh, it's really powerful. I mean, what God is doing in, in the in the this location of this church in Antioch. You know, I looked it up. I told Judy, I got to find out what the word Antioch means. So I look it up. You know what it means? A place. <laughs> it's a place. So I thought, oh, that's good, because you know what, Pilot Knob's a place. It is. It's a place. So we see the sovereignty of God in these things. Uh, okay. So um, they take up a collection. They were giving church to help the brothers at Jerusalem. The believers were first called Christians at Antioch. If we go to Acts 13, we see Antioch appear again, verses 2 and 3. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. This is happening at Antioch. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So here the Holy Spirit is directing the church to set apart Barnabas and Paul for the missionary journey. Actually, Paul, three huge missionary journeys all started from Antioch. So this is how God was using this fellowship here. Okay, Acts 14, 26 to 28. The uh, missionary journey was over and thence sailed to Antioch from whence they had uh, been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they testified, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Isn't that what we want to see God do? Yes, open the door of faith for the ministry of the truth and the gospel to change lives, save people. Save family members, community people, our, our friends, those that need to be saved, the lost. So he stays there uh, testifying. He stayed there, it says, a long time. Then we move over to Acts 15, verses 1 and 2. 
And certain men which came down from Judea, that came down to Antioch, taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small discussion and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other men of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. So we see, you know, that the enemy sends false teachers to Antioch to spread false gospel. We should expect the enemy to work when God's at work, right? That, that's what, I mean, you know, they're a person and a family and a church. So Paul and Barnabas contended with them. And this is what elders do. Elders have to do, and they cannot ignore false teaching and allow it to poison the flock. That's one of the key roles. I think Brother Alistair was bringing that out. It's very critical. So the church sent them back, sent Paul and Barnabas back to the apostles and the elders. They explain it to them in Jerusalem. They send the message back of freedom. Basically, uh, very minimal uh, instruction, some basic instruction, basic doctrinal purity and practice in the church of Antioch. And in verse 31, it says, The church rejoiced. Because they are to be helpers of their joy. That's what elders are to do, to be helpers of their joy. Okay, so at this time, Silas and Paul and Barnabas, they stayed at Antioch after this. And they teach and they preach. And many others, it says, in chapter 15, verse, I think it's 35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And in verse 40, Paul chooses Silas. The church at Antioch commends them again on another missionary journey. Huge missionary journey here. Again, where this is where they go to Macedonia. Lydia and her family are saved. They go, you know, they land in jail. The jailer's family, him and the jailer's family are saved. Uh, this is where uh, Paul speaks about the, you know, you have this, unknown God here, let me tell you about him. And all this happened on that journey, on that missionary journey. Then he goes back to Antioch, the sending church. The all the way over in eighteen, verse twenty two. A lot of events happening there on that journey. And when he had, had landed at Caesarea and had gone up and saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. So this going down means he left Jerusalem area. And so it was in Antioch that Paul had to confront Peter about separating from the Gentiles when he was there with the Jews. And there was this uh, fear of man thing that Peter and his brother Alistair said, you know, hey, it's time we help each other, right? And we're accountable to each other in Galatians 2.11. So we see this all happened at Antioch. So Antioch, God bless this place. There's no other city outside of Jerusalem was used so much to spread the gospel and build up the church as Antioch. The uh, the power of the gospel thrived there. Believers were first called Christians there. They were a giving church. They were a haven of rest, renewal, revival, and rejoicing and power. They were ascending church. Majorly influential in the missionary life of Paul and others. They were serious about doctrinal purity and about sanctification. All right, so how did all this actually happen? 
what started all this whole issue with Antioch, we actually have the word tells us how this actually started. And I left this verse out on purpose. If we go back to Acts 11, verse 19, here's what it says. Now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phinehas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but under the Jews only. So this is where it started. It was due to the persecution of the church that these unnamed believers <laughs> are sent with the power of the gospel. And the power of the gospel went with them. God used bad times to bring about the best of times for some as salvation came to the lives of many. So maybe in this country, maybe the church is facing some tough times. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's very possible in the near future. Is all hope lost? Actually, may joy abound as we prepare to be a part of God's plan, whatever he has. His promises are always true and ever, not always. Can God take a relatively obscure, obscure place with a doctrinally solid church, empower it with the Holy Spirit to carry out the Great Commission? of Matthew 28 in the face of persecution. Yeah. He's done it many times before. He did it in Antioch. He may be ready to do it again. Are we ready? Are we ready? Let's get ready.